Kids, welcome back. It's issue number 53 of the Infinite Backlog, a chronological tour of the best and most noteworthy Marvel comics. I'm the fuzzy elf, Andy, and with me are my co-hosts, Shane the Whack Attack. Yep. <laughs> and the handsome hero's bulging Rory. Hey, what up? Today... Once again, we feature literally everyone in the Marvel Universe, but also primarily Daredevil and the X-Men outside of that. And it's going to take us from July through August of 1982. And I have to say, I didn't really find any good bummers in these two months. So what I've done is I've scrubbed backwards to the earlier months of 1982 to find bummers that I missed. So, Ooh, missing bummers. Yeah, here's some missing bummers. (laughs) Uh, So from January, uh, January 1982, the first computer virus, the Elk Cloner, written by 15-year-old Rich Screnta, is found. It infects Apple II computers via floppy disk. What? (laughs) How? (laughs) How did, like, hey, you want to put this in your computer? Hey, you want to? Well, people didn't know shit. Well, it was also, like you can you don't have to ask them. You <laughs> <laughs> No. No. No, Rory. We live we live in a consent society. You have to ask to That's why there's no hackers anymore. It was it's it was the 80s we were putting our floppies into whatever slots, right? <laughs> I really hated saying that. The sentence that came out of my mouth was really vile and awful. <laughs> yeah, it was going well until you made a you made a choice uh, to use the word slot in a sentence, and everything went downhill real quick. <laughs> really, just really. I I wish there was a better term for what we put floppies into. Drives. Fuck. <laughs> <laughs> Have you been calling them floppy slots your whole life? <laughs> it just, so, someone told Andy they were called floppy slots when he was a child, and he just never stopped. Oh, um. <laughs> <laughs> okay, uh, in February of 20, uh, 2020, no, no, no. In February of 1982, the DeLorean Motor Company car factory in Belfast is put into receivership, uh, which I think is just part of a very long process. Well, not very long, but it takes place over this entire year where the DeLorean Company, famous for their one car model, surprisingly goes tits up, uh, which I guess is a bummer if you like DeLoreans. Yeah, well, I mean, it's not just a neat car. It's also a a company that was able to kind of exist in this world of car producers that doesn't really allow small businesses in the, in the front door. Yeah, yeah. There's no the, startup car manufacturer, right? I'm a big fan like, of the Tucker, the man, <laughs> the man who brought us that seatbelt, baby. <laughs> and his cars were too fast, and everybody else got scared. You're just scared of my fast cars. <laughs> me and Tracy Chapman are going to go ahead. I know why you're breaking up with me. <laughs> Dead. Uh, and then finally from April, uh, this one, this one's interesting. I, 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 there's a bummer angle on this one. So Dennis Wardlow, mayor of Key West, Florida, declares the independent conch republic for a day, which... <laughs> I guess is sort was sort of like a weird publicity move as part of like a protest against like a a border patrol checkpoint that I guess fucked up traffic and so they were so mad at border patrol for fucking up traffic that they seceded from the union with finger quotes around it. <laughs> <laughs> so uh I I guess that's a real thing and apparently they still get like tourism money from it pr- presumably by said, selling like Conch Republic shirts. 
I don't know what goes on down in Florida. But we all we're all there right there with you, buddy. Yeah, it's still <laughs> still like that. Yeah. <laughs> but hey, uh, we we read we read six issues this week because, you know, we had a brief conversation. We're going to try doing a, a slightly shorter in terms of number of issues reading list because the issues now have more pages inside. And, you know, we got lives. This podcast <laughs> isn't my whole fucking week. Uh, and and I, I actually kind of, I, I liked it. What? Am I getting sorry, too real? Just, Am I getting too you just, real? <laughs> you, can't blat- you, you can't blatantly lie to people. Yeah, if you tell people you're busy, they have to believe you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I've put it on, I've minted it on air. I'm a busy, attractive man with things to do. <laughs> I can't be reading seven. I'm, I am both busy and attractive. <laughs> and it's been said on air, and you know what that means. That means it's true. Did the court stenographer hear that and get it down? <laughs> Thank you. Uh, yeah, so we, we, we've, uh, maybe against better judgment, we did continue the three-parter of Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions. You know, and... it felt like, it felt like, uh, well, it was all most definitely uh gonna be a real stinker um you had to kind of see where it was going with only three issues and the fact that like i don't know it, it made its way it made its way onto our onto our list i assume this was, i know this was an andy edition but nonetheless it was kind of like okay let's let's investigate what the fuck this thing is yeah exactly i we can't you know in in all good conscience, we can't have a podcast and, just sitting around talking about how good, you know, Frank, uh, I want to say Frank Castle, <laughs> Frank Miller is. And Frank is. if we want to just bleed into it, uh, we we may as well, right? Because, mm-hmm. yeah, so this sucked. And uh, <laughs> I honestly. In, in a lot of, like a surprising number of ways it sucked. Sh- yeah. Yeah. Uh, they spent so much page time. Obviously, we talked about it in the first issue, and they kept bringing it up for two and three, uh, just reestablishing who people are and what their powers are. It really yeah. started to feel like an infomercial for which comics you might like. Exactly. That's what but not is. even it's really, because it, it, it isn't selling anything very well. It's just saying names. Well, that's true. And, and it's also not like... like a, a significant chunk of these heroes that we are uh, that have been, you know, chosen kickball style by these two fucking cosmic entities uh, are not A-listers. And it's not like there's a, you know, French hero Le Peregrine title that you can go buy. Like, they're not selling him. <laughs> no, you can't you, go you, buy you, that. It's no. so stupid. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so sorry. But like... But... The the coolest one was like Dark Star or Dark Side or whatever her name is. Oh, Dark Star. It's yeah. Dark Star. Yeah. Dark, Dark Star. She's, she's, she's like, one of the Soviet ones, right? Because they've yeah. got to have the Cold War represented. Yeah, yeah. And she's like, she's like spooping her black goo on stuff, and it's like <laughs> that's a cool power. But the rest of it was nonsense. It was not. It was like B teams. Why? Why would the Grandmaster? And why would? Spoiler alert: the person who he's playing against. We haven't talked about it yet, but. Like, why would you pick the B team? I don't understand. Yeah, yeah. Well, yep. you know what's you know what's I, I think one interesting thing that came out of these. There's a somewhat racist caricature of a character named the Arabian Knight. Yep. Uh, but then he mostly goes up against other people who are racist towards him in a way that is like uh, off-putting and c- clearly written to like not cast them in a positive light. Yeah. And so then I'm kind of like, why did we invent this guy to just like keep getting wins on the Brit on the British and the Israeli hero? It did, well, it's it's it, also it, weird. It's it, like the he's the hero from Saudi Arabia, and we come out hot with some anti-Semitism from him against Sabra, the Israeli hero. And and it's it's enough, like it, it's such like douche chills for the whole room that Iron Man, <laughs> Iron Man, like basically stares at the camera and goes, "How can we hope to gain the prize when we're fighting both the Arab-Israeli conflict and the battle of the sexes at the same time?" Um, <laughs> like I don't know why we had to do either of those things in Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions. I don't, I don't know why we needed to do this. It was, cer- it was certainly not a very soft touch. Um, <laughs> <No>. <laughs> 
it's yeah, it's it's like half these heroes are in there to be like weird, like skin deep generalizations about foreign nations. Oh, yeah. But that's why I thought found it odd that this racial caricature was kind of a dope dude. <laughs> where, yeah, where yeah, it's like, like well, how are we doing moment both? Where you're like, how are we doing both of these things? Yeah, it's fucking weird. Yeah, because like, like, yeah, he, he he's not kind to the Israeli, but he's specifically, you know, an Israeli, uh, you know, foreign force. You know, he's a. I don't know. I don't want to. I don't want to bend over backwards excusing anything that was written <laughs> on these pages. But right, it it feels as if a little context is worth is worth mentioning. Yeah, it's it's. It is, I guess it is odd, like like what you said. Like, it's weird that they they tried to do both. Like, to sort of both portray him as, like, you know, a bad caricature on his own, and then spend the rest of the issue making him super dope. <laughs> it was it was really, really weird on the page. Meanwhile, Sunfire is predictably shitty and misogynist, like he's always been on the page. Uh, and, yeah, it's just, there's weird... Just weird vibes everywhere in these. Which again, issues. yeah, and yeah. it nothing is written well in this thing. So again, uh, this is more a comment about Sunfire than about these pages. But it's it feels like that's written intentionally. That he's in, uh, unlike you know what we've talked about with like Reed Richards, where it just seems <laughs> yeah, like totally, totally. Some writer, I think it was it was Stanley writing it at the time, probably yeah. Just seemed like they had a real axe to grind with women and were using using Reed as a mouthpiece for it. Like God, everybody's I on know. the same page that Sunfire kind of sucks. Yes. Yes. He, he's famously the the grumpiest hero from Japan. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Were there any other interesting heroes that we saw in these two issues? I kind of I, I like I guess I kind of liked in in a in a horrible way collective man because of the way they describe him this is the chinese one right yeah his his power <laughs> explicitly <clears throat> described on the page is that he can draw on the powers of anyone in china <laughs> <laughs> so the whole nation of china he can just kind of do that and i don't know <laughs> what that means <laughs> or what it means if he draws the power of normal guy in China? Is it just like, <laughs> I, I don't know. And it certainly calls into question a lot of the logic for how a power works, where it's like, mm -hmm. so sovereign boundaries limit his, <laughs> <laughs> limit his superpower? <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's more of like that, he like... he used to have some Vietnamese guys, but now he doesn't. <laughs> 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 right exactly like how does this fucking work i don't know it's more of this weird clumsy like extremely obvious metaphor hero power shit that's happening right where like mm -hmm. oh yeah mm -hmm. the communist china one can collect is collective man yeah has, you can see you know, what they're doing but it's just it it's it, bad it, 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 it begs more questions than it answers <laughs> yes yes uh I don't know. There's four showdowns. I guess what 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 frustrated me on the page is that the showdowns are fights, but they don't win by fighting each other. They win by happening no. to be really close to this golden orb piece. Yeah, whoever's and noticing it. Yeah, exactly. And the and, orange um, slice. <laughs> yeah, the orange slices. And do you want to know how little of a shit uh, Marvel gave about this? You probably you might have clocked this, but they're so bad that I can see. The potential to glaze over. Okay. Uh, did you count which team won each conflict? Uh, I was sort of paying attention. Yeah, so at the end of issue two, uh, the score is 2-2. Two, two, and nobody remembered. And the final score in the third issue is 3-1 with a, with, a, with, a, with a winner. I just, it's... <laughs> and also, Fucking... why, would you, why would you pick an even number? For... <laughs> no! I know! This is such a bad contest of champions. Marvel Superheroes <laughs> bad contest of champions. Issues one through three. Don't read them. Don't read them. These are not going on our our, our recommended list. But you yeah. know, we got it. We got to eat our vegetables. I guess uh, this like, isn't vegetables. This is this is a mistake. This is going to the <laughs> restaurant and being like, I don't know. I've had. I've had everything else. Let's you know. Let's see what happens. <laughs> oh, this is or this like, is going to the the like the Mexican restaurant ordering orange chicken or something. Right. 
or like the night in college when I walked like half a mile in pouring rain to get to IHOP and then ordered the steak. <gasps> like, why you're, do you do that? You're disgusting. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was 19, Shane. Ugh. <laughs> the uh, fuck you- <laughs> there are so many better kinds of meat you can get as a 19 year old. Oh, tell me, <laughs> tell me more about the meat you got when I you were 19. Sh- I just, <laughs> I just feel like you, you really settled if you're going to IHOP for some poop steak. All right. I didn't. I'll do a chicken fried steak there. at a breakfast diner. Look, the steak was a game time decision. I didn't really intend to when I set out into the rain that night. <laughs> was it chicken fried? Did you did you set out no. in the rain with chicken fried steak on your brain? No, it was just a regular steak and it was bad. And I was like sick afterwards. Not like full throw up, but like constantly about to. Anyway, don't order the steak no at IHOP and don't read Marvel Superhero Contest of Champions. You should read Frank Miller's Daredevil, but I don't know that I would start at 182 like we have done here <laughs> because these three issues are a little. I feel like I this is the first time I have felt uh, uh, the writing waver a little bit for me, and I don't know. I don't know if you guys are feeling similar. Uh, kind of. There's there's some really weak plotting, but mm-hmm. um, I don't know that. Like, I still quite enjoyed a lot of the stuff going on between Daredevil and Punisher. Yes. I enjoyed a lot of the stuff between Matt's mental breakdown at the death of Elektra. Um, A lot of the things going on that aren't the, you know, beat-by-beat plot of the issues are really good. But yeah, this uh, this sort of case that that Matt's working is kind of baloney and a little bit heavy-handed, don't Reagan-y, don't do drugs, kids. Yeah, this is, this is the, uh... I and mean, it's the war on drugs. The war on drugs is 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 infecting media yeah. as it yeah. does and continues to do uh, from time to time. But was you know in full swing here, and I you know I I don't I don't hate it, uh, especially you know we're forty years on from this, right? So mm-hmm. like we know a lot. Well, more. yeah, yes, but um, the way you I think what's been proven is that you don't. You just don't tell a story in PSA format. Like, yeah. You, it's just got to be a little bit more nuanced. Uh-huh. Yeah. I mean, I guess we recently, over on Saturday Morning Tuesdays, we recently watched the Batman Beyond episode that I think avoided being a PSA pretty well. Yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, so I, I, I see what you mean. Also, there's, there's not a single human on Earth, let alone a small child, who dares gonna both be an effective tool against and was at risk of using PCP. God, I know. <laughs> Dare was such a joke. I I mean, I say this as a person who, when I was in middle school, was like a part of those like, you know, anti-drug whatevers that like Are you were already to. doing the plays? Well, I was I was like, uh, I don't remember. There was some sort of program in middle school that was like about not doing drugs, which is like a weird like here's oh, a program about not doing school, something. Nerd. But it wasn't it wasn't a play. It was like a, it was like a group. I don't know. It was like this weird little thing. I was also one of those peer mediators that helped like resolve student conflicts. I was a very goody two-shoes when I was young. I and... tried that in elementary school, I think, when they oh, yeah? like I think in fifth grade. Yeah, but you got out of class. Like there was oh, there was totally. a... every now and again I'd get summoned to fix a problem and I'm like, peace out, man. Yeah, there was a reason for the season. <laughs> <laughs> But I don't think I solved shit. It felt I, like a kind of junior counselor. I don't think I ever mm-hmm. mediated jack shit. Somebody would come to you with a problem and you'd be like, I'm 10, bro. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I vividly remember the one time I, I, I was in over my head. I, I, I walked in to sort of like, you know, talk to a couple of these students and like we'll figure something out. And uh, it turns out the issue that was happening between these two kids was... Uh, Way above my pay grade and the teachers that sort of assigned me to it had no idea because like one of these kids had like hard drugs on him. (laughs) (laughs) And I was like, um, um, and I had to get a teacher. (laughs) I was like, I'm not equipped to handle this. (laughs) 
And then I didn't know how it happened, what happened after that. I was like, hey, guess what? This fist fight was over. Hard drugs? <laughs> <laughs> anyway. Andy became the snitch. You became the snitch. <laughs> I think it's okay to snitch when it's on a, an 11-year-old or a 12-year-old. I think that's probably okay. Um, Look, this one's about Angel Dust. It's about PCP. It's, uh, it's, it's, it's the hot button issue. And there is, it's like, it's like in schools, like we see this girl hallucinate that she's being attacked by snakes and then throw herself out a window and die, uh, which is just wild scare tactics. Uh, first of all, yeah. not like PCP is not bad for you and you can't have a but bad trip on it. But it doesn't summon snakes. But it does not summon snakes. <laughs> There's also some of this classic, like. Old if you school. do PCP, it will summon snakes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's proven. They've done studies. Uh, but no, it's got it's got some of this like old war on drugs era, like bad science as well, right? Like, and and I uh, oh, this the, is this is one the, the acid flashbacks that they sort yeah. of repurposed. Yeah, yeah. This is this is one that that's still bandied about in casual conversation. I've only ever to... heard it as a rumor from young stoners when I was okay. among them. I've never heard a professional claim that you can get drugs in your spinal fluid that will come back and attack you later. Right. Yeah. No, it's uh I don't I don't I would hope the medical professionals don't say that anymore, even if they did at some point. <laughs> I knew I've somebody who said they had it in a health class. Sorry, I didn't mean to keep it Oh yeah. But... Yeah, he's a little older though, late forties, early fifties. Ah uh, sure. Yeah, it's just, you know, that's the LSD rumor. They're, they're repurposing it for PCP here. And uh, just in case anyone listening has no idea about this, the, the drugs do not stay in your body for years and cause the flashbacks. The flashbacks are caused by post-traumatic stress syndrome. So yeah. that's, that's what happens. Your brain is, yes, affected, but it's not because there's still PCP in you or still LSD in you. That's not how that works. Uh, it's not chicken pox. Hey, remember when I had shingles earlier this year because chicken pox does stay in your spinal column for decades? Cool story. Fucking neat science. I keep forgetting I keep forgetting shingles is chicken pox and not just a silly pirate disease. <laughs> that's scurvy. I know. That's the other silly one. It's very silly. I think uh. I think scurvy scurvy and shingles is a really good band name. <laughs> scurvy and shingles. <laughs> Scurvy and the Shingles. <gasps> what about? Ooh. Well, like, it could be a cartoon too. It could be skin, skin, skingles, <laughs> <laughs> shingles and scurvy. Oh no, I like that. I want to briefly talk about the the thing that Rory mentioned the the like Matt sort of falling apart about Electra's death because I. So do that's think actually that the is first good. issue we read. We've been talking exactly. a little bit out of order at the moment. Yeah. So exactly. all the dare stuff is our second out of three this week. The first issue is Matt's. Uh, yeah, mental breakdown over the death of Electra. His descent uh, into madness. Yeah, but some of it seems also a little bit plausible, although he does, by the end of it, physically dig up her corpse and verify the face. Uh, I liked parts of it, though, where it was like Matt's powers were able to identify the Electra that was alive and active, but no longer useful at identifying a body. I guess he also couldn't yeah. say he was Daredevil, so Foggy had to do it. So sure. it's like they introduced elements of doubt that I found compelling. Yeah, I really did like parts of this. And I will I will say that I, I, I kind of rolled my eyes very hard at the please dig up my dead girlfriend's grave parts that felt like it went maybe a step in a weird direction, uh, even even though they've tried to explain it plausibly. Right. Because he is truly believing that maybe there was a body devil and like you know it's not beyond this is a world full of superheroes and she was a ninja and i think it's still possible at this point at this point i think it's still possible marvel logic notwithstanding this is still a superpowered but a blind person who dug up a body and i think that there's room for doubt who's uh, also I mean, str he's stricken with grief too so he's yeah. not even like i know it <laughs> After going to this extent to prove Electra's actually dead, it is going to feel really cheap when they walk it back, though. A little bit, but it's also kind of like, 
warming us up to the op- to the to the option. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Admittedly, she is demonstrably involved with a group of ninjas who become steam on a regular basis. Sure. So so <laughs> acknowledging the the sort of mystical uh context in which she operates, yeah. I mean, I'll probably end up buying when she comes back. If it is, if it is like from the dead and she hasn't just faked it, right? Like, I, I don't know. Also, there's the guy, the guy, sh- the guy she fought, the the undying ninja soldier. Oh, yeah. You know, maybe she's learned right. some secret in that time about this motherfucker, about how he stayed alive and all that right. noise. Yeah. Yeah. So maybe maybe there is a, a reasonable way to do it, you know, reasonable for comic books. I think this is our first extended time spent with the Punisher unless I'm forgetting something. And I did really enjoy it. I mean, it is not a surprise to me that under the pen of Frank Miller that he would flourish a little bit because it seems very on brand. It's Millerian, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> wow. <laughs> just, just chock full of them today. It's Millerian. <laughs> I didn't no. say it like that. but I know yeah. you didn't, but I, I felt it that way. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's got he's got some good he's got some good shit to do. You know, his uh, his stark, bizarre morality is on display, full display. Uh, he is he is diving headfirst into the war on drugs and sees it almost like a crusade. Uh, and he comes out and somebody gets him out of jail so that they can uh, enlist his help to fuck up kingpins I, I was intrigued by this part and miller kind of lets it slide i i no longer kind of understand the prison warden i, I assume the prison warden or some or some yeah. nefarious businessman who has unfettered prison access right um, it's very odd yeah so by the end of it we don't really know what's going on with the guy who got who got frank out of prison but i thought it was an intriguing idea that he kind of lets Punisher out on work release, which which I found a little annoying that Punisher just I mean, of course, he would immediately break out and run away. Mm -hmm. Um, But I thought that the sort of in and out of prison Punisher could have been fun. Yeah. Yeah. Almost like a one man suicide squad. Yeah. But uh, but no, he kills a bunch of drug dealers and realizes one of them is a kid and Rather than being like, oh, my God, I killed a kid. He says, the enemy enlists children. The war has gotten dirtier. I'm needed more than ever. Uh, yeah. Is there anything else about these daredevilutions we want to talk about? I mean, they're they're they continue to be delightful, even though I thought that the they were a little hard to follow, especially because of the Heather Glenn side plots. Uh, that don't I don't know where yeah, they're going. And, and we're kind of rushing through plot beats, even over two issues. Feels like a lot goes down. Yeah. Um, I liked this fallibility that arose um there's uh, there is a uh, a drug dealer matt knows to be a scumbag but who doesn't believe is a murderer uh and uh gets him off he first he pins him see first he sort of pins a murder on this guy and then realizes he fucked up um and yeah, then because he, he's listening to the guy's heart for the telltale yeah, signs of lying he's He's being a human uh, lie detector, which I think lie detectors were still considered a little more scientific in the 80s. Probably, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> but the the reveal is that he has a pacemaker and not a sort of natural heartbeat, and it fucked up Matt's reading. Uh, I didn't really believe he would admit to Matt, like, thanks for getting me off. I did it. But <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> but also, he has no way of knowing that Matt's daredevil, right? So he could just be like... Fuck you, lawyer, you stupid idiot. I was guilty yeah. the whole time, bitch. <laughs> uh, I had to I had to turn my brain off in that moment because I don't feel like Matt Matt Murdoch can read signs by running his hand over him and he can't hear a pacemaker working. Yeah, of course. And <laughs> and there's all kinds of other like, you know, things we've seen Daredevil use to to get to get a read on, on the situation. Mm-hmm. But in, in these two issues, we're sort of focused on the heartbeat reading <laughs> that he uses on a number of characters. Well, yeah, that's uh that's that's about it for Daredevil, I think. We'll uh we'll check in on on the I mean, we're not it's not even worth talking about the Heather stuff right now. I'm sure that's about to finally come to a head after what feels like a well, year. I, uh, sure. I will say I was 
intrigued. I I feel like this is going to go a little bit more like a Spider-Man love story than a than a Chuck Palahniuk book, but um, <laughs> but because it's Miller, uh, but it's still Marvel, it's still comics, so that's why that's my sort of reading of it. But um, Daredevil's sort of intense sort of rubber banding between losing his mind over the death of Elektra and then throwing himself back at Heather feels like it could go somewhere interesting. Yeah. I, I, I'll say that I liked it, but I don't I don't like that he did it, but I like the story no, exactly. of yeah, him proposing a... to her in, in sort of a like an like an a surprising, almost very desperate moment. Uh, yeah, he's it's an it's a it, it's not a cool thing. It's not a cool behavior. And I'm hoping no. we're on. I'm hoping we're all on the same. Not <laughs> yeah. all of us, I think. But, you know, I'm hoping uh-huh. Miller is on the same page that like. Yeah, you don't read dude, the proposal page and go, oh, you go, buddy, come on. <laughs> my number one's dead. There's there's no reason to hold out as long as I've, you know, no reason yeah. to hold out any longer. Number two will do. <laughs> yeah. Oof. Hey, we read one issue of X-Men this week and it's a fucking doozy. And <laughs> I don't know. This is this is a weird little bit of, of background for why this issue's in here. Apparently, this is in some way the start of what is called the Brood Saga. And I don't know how it connects to the whatever the Brood Saga is, but I'm I guess this not is either. where we start. Oh, so you don't know anything about the Brood? I didn't know that they were X Men exclusive specifically. They're uh they're an alien group. They're uh. They're not from Limbo. They're aliens. Sure. My only guess is that we started with this issue to explain why Ileana's 13 instead of five or six. But maybe maybe that's the only justification. It's like, yeah, start here so you know what's going on. And then we're doing brood. I mean, it's a great issue to read. It was cool. It was cool. And and surprisingly fucking gnarly. There's some body horror in here. Yeah. You know, and I actually didn't know that... uh... That, I mean, uh, it's limbo and in time and space work funky there. And it's, I think, handled well. But I thought that Il- Ilyana is actually gone for a substantial part of X-Men. Uh, oh, yeah. oh, I see. So I did not know it was a single issue that she is both kidnapped and rescued. Gotcha. I mean, from her perspective, though, they say that. She, I mean, I think she experienced the seven years in limbo. She did. Same with same with uh, that other storm. Right, yes, because we meet an old storm that's been stuck there for a very long time and I guess stopped being able to use weather powers and learned sorcery. <laughs> well, there's no weather in Limbo and uh, Limbo is also a magical realm. So Right, right. Fair it's enough. It's a little Fair more enough. plausible. I, I know very little about Limbo. This is a, we, we, you know, I have a lot of Marvel blank spots or whatever. Sure. So Ilyana and uh, Scarlet Witch both have sort of an odd sort of uh, mutant powers are starting to be like her power is magic, but it's not just the magic. Her power is a connection to Limbo, similar to how Nightcrawler warps through whatever the name of that place is. Okay, he jumps around. He goes through. He goes through a dimension. So Limbo is a dimension. She has a connection to it through her powers, and that allows her to be magical. But her mutant power isn't specifically magic. It's you know you got to just roll with it, right? Cyclops eyes are portals to uh, <laughs> are just portals. They're sure. portals to a dimension of pure movement. Sure. Yes, pure kinetic energy. Uh, uh, we we start this one with Aurora kind of like overcompensating after just yesterday being a thrall to Dracula. <laughs> and she's overdoing it in training and getting real sweaty. And so sweaty, in fact, that when it is suggested she takes a shower, she just once again blasts her clothes off and summons a, a, a rainstorm. <laughs> Don't have to tell me twice. <laughs> it's just, it's so comical on the page every time she fucking does it. Yeah, it feels like it's, it starts to be something you could just do intentionally, where you'd be mm-hmm. like, hey, storm, might be time for a swim. But she's like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't need more than a half excuse. Sun's out, guns out. <laughs> Sun's out, guns out. Yeah. Uh, this this whole thing starts because, I guess, this sorcerer from Limbo. I don't know if he's from Limbo. I, I don't really know his whole deal. Uh, he's an evil sorcerer named Belasco. 
and he has some kind of maybe weird of future knowledge. Is he the king of Limbo? Is that like sort of what's going on? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he rules Limbo then, and he knows somehow spookily that Ileana has a grand destiny uh, that involves her being, you know, spooky, magical, maybe evil. Who knows? He's very interested in it, and he summons her, the child. Uh, and, and if we haven't said this, it's Ileana Rasputin. It's, uh, it's Colossus's little sister. And summons her. And she just sort of wanders off and Kitty follows. And then they were like, where's Kitty and Ileana? And they all go after her and everybody ends up in limbo in a really cool set of sequences uh, that I don't even I don't even know how to describe sometimes. Um, No, they are a little hard to describe. So everything starts to be sort of out of space and time. Uh, We meet a different Nightcrawler uh, who's lecherous and gross. Yeah. Um, well, we meet a different everybody. Do yeah, we meet we, an everybody? We yeah. Well, we, so, yeah. So pretty much, basically, there there are two timelines kind of diverging here, where the older Storm we meet says that she and her team had already been there before, and there's a there's kind of a part at the end once the, at the culmination of the story where Storm's like, "Listen, you can chase him, and you can become me, or you can get the fuck out of this dimension." Yeah, and she also says, like, all the rest of her X-Men that came in here, like, for sure died. And, like, we see Wolverine's whole-ass skeleton, (laughs) but he's not dead. This is, like, an old Wolverine skeleton. Uh, We see Colossus, like, an old Colossus pinned against the wall with his chest, like, ripped open. Yep. It's fucking crazy. I guess we don't see another kitty. That's That's one that we don't see. Um, but, but yeah, and then the old storm and, uh, and this night crawler that's like become a really just nasty servant to Belasco. Uh, and yeah, it's really, it's really interesting. Uh, especially, especially with like (laughs) Wolverine, like normal Wolverine wandering around and just seeing Colossus strung up on the wall. Like those moments are very startling on the page. Uh, yeah. In a in a way that like I don't, I'm not gonna say turned my stomach right I mean like this isn't like actual horror art but it is it it it's surprisingly awful uh, including a moment where Belasco after capturing Kitty Pride is like hey you know what's cool <laughs> your skeleton's out oh the, and, to the skeleton's out yeah and just pulls her whole skeleton out of her body and I guess just leaves her stuck in a crystal as just gooey flesh that if she was released would probably die. Yeah. Uh, the and crystal she, sort of holding her in shape, but she is, she's a puddle at the moment that there's a, there's a, a, a narration text box as he pulls her skeleton out that says, and silently a child screams uh. <laughs> like <laughs> this, is, this is really awful. <laughs> yeah. It's really bad. It does, it is odd where it's like, I don't know how you can magically summon somebody's, I mean, it's magic, but it's like, well, if you if you don't physically rip the skeleton out, is it painful? You're, you're held in place by crystal and then you mm-hmm. warp the skeleton out. I don't know. It feels, I like that they added it because I, I it's neat to know that she suffered horrifically, but it's also kind of like, <laughs> it's, it's, it it's is neat, neat to, to know. know. It's neat to know that she's <laughs> that she was in so much pain. It's neat to know. <laughs> it raises the stakes of the story, but it was so unnecessary that you know it's kind of both. Yeah, but it is cool. I mean, it's it's visually really cool. I mean, in the same way that like that struck me with 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 Colossus on the wall, like you know, just constantly seeing panels of Belasco in his throne with a hovering Kitty Pride skeleton in front of fleshy Pride in a crystal. It's like a really fucked up visual to just sort of have in the background of, of other scenes. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, I, I don't know. It's, it's pretty, it's pretty neat. And, uh, and I, I guess the, the plot relevant thing is that Belasco mentions there's some sort of, he gives Ileana like this medallion with slots in it for bloodstones and they're not all full and he's like when you get all the bloodstones in there you'll evolve into a fairy or something he turns into an anime (laughs) yeah 
yeah, this is Digimon all of a sudden. We all got to find our crests and, and tags and shit, right? And then we can we can fully digivolve into a sorcerer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and oh, yeah. And, and she and she ages seven years because he I don't know. He grabs her while they're trying to portal out of there and then. Oh, I'm 13. Oops. <laughs> and I know she'll be super relevant moving forward. And I know I also know Rory loves Ileana. Oh, yeah, she's she's top dog. Um, and we'll find her to be much less of a sort of little. I mean, she's always a little sister character, but like she's she's sort of um, she's got she's got some demons from her time in a, in a hell dimension. Yeah, I bet. I yeah. bet. Well, and I, I was I was especially affected by the uh, the line that Colossus has at the end where uh, you know, they're all like, hey, dude, you doing okay? Your sister just like aged seven years in a in a moment. And he's walking away from them and he goes, you know, my friend, sometimes I wish I'd never heard of Charles Xavier or the X-Men. <laughs> like, yeah, yeah, I feel that. I feel that. This sucks. <laughs> Boom! Sorry, that was my, I'm trying out a new, a new thing. I'm getting really excited about uh, finishing comics and I go, Boom! <laughs> um... You can't He's just like, be Emeril Lagasse like it's already a thing. He doesn't have the fucking trademark on the word boom. No, but it's close enough. <laughs> You're like the Simpsons episode of him. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck off and do your segment already. I'm like the Simpsons episode of him. Get out of here. Well, he made him into a full character on Futurama, too. Yeah, they did. He did. Yeah, he absolutely did. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to this week's A Fuck Mary Kill, where we have one in the gun, one in the bum, and one who is the one. Hello, boys. This week, I salted my windows and my doors. We will have no little tricksters making their way into our lives. Do Germans <laughs> hate salt? Is that what that is? That's how, you that's how you protect protect against evil spirits. He's an evil spirit. Wow, I don't know if he's okay. evil, but he's definitely like a spirit. He's, Some kind he's, of spirit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's a trickster. So anyway, I have some uh, some delicious takes for you to put in your floppy slots. <laughs> <laughs> Watch out for viruses. Oh, <laughs> my. Uh, <laughs> God. All right. Uh, your first contender today is Belasco. Yeah. Okay. Good. Obviously. Okay. So Belasco is your very first contender. Your second contender is your own skeleton. <laughs> I have follow up questions, but please continue. And last but not least, probably one of my favorite choices ever a dare counselor. Oh. All right, Rory, you know a little more about Limbo than I do. Can you sell me on why Belasco's marriage material? No. <laughs> <laughs> Good improv. <laughs> Is that just because you would never marry him, or uh, like who are you? Who are you marrying? I mean, I don't know. You, I mean, honestly, you don't see much of him. Uh, mm. uh, Ilyana goes back later to uh, get some. Get some. Uh, good revenge on him but sure uh, sure you know king of hell not a not a strong pick for marriage uh i mean you get you you will be you'll take yana's place as queen of hell mm -hmm. uh which she inherited not through marriage but through combat but you could do it through marriage i could or queen of limbo it's a hell dimension but it's limbo yeah there's a um, lot of hells yeah uh and so there's that going for it uh, you would probably be able to uh, to sorcery, so another upside. Um, your husband is an ugly monster who will take away your skeleton. So <laughs> <laughs> take away your skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> but he's pretty hot, though, right? I, I mean, like he's he's got something going for him. There's a certain energy about him, and I like a guy with a throne. You know, I know you're you're a bitch for power. <laughs> Are we all? <laughs> That's real. I don't see any other option for 
the dare counselor other than because he, he he would not want him around. He would he would he seems very they're probably very judgy, right? Well, he's definitely not earning a paycheck. So you're the breadwinner. <laughs> oh man, were dare counselors not paid? Were they unpaid? Oh, they might have been. Know. They might have been making whatever whatever minimum wage was in the eighties, the same as it is now. <laughs> so I guess that's not that bad. Um, Did you just so, say whatever the wage they were making, the same as it is now? Yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> fucking hilarious. <laughs> and it hurts. And it's true. <laughs> Where my heart lives. So I think I think I go I go for fuck my skeleton. Um <laughs> Rory, can you tell us about our sponsor? Fuck my fuck skeleton. My skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> no, I feel like I feel like this is a good pick. Uh you're just you, you are the floppiest slot, and those bones can get <laughs> just all up in you. See, that was going to be my follow-up question. Do I still also have my skeleton while I fuck no, my you skeleton? No, I don't think so. I don't think you've got bones. Hmm. Hmm. Well, so it doesn't seem like... heavy lifting, you get to just yeah. lay there like a bottom. Yeah. If I... Well, I feel like the skeleton just drapes you over itself and, like, dances around to create friction. Oh, no, but that's kind of romantic. Yeah. Okay, okay, that's all right. Like, like we're slow dancing. Me and my skeleton. Me and my skeleton. <laughs> Me, Me and my, my skeleton. skeleton. <laughs> now, I know that I said I didn't have a lot, uh, a lot of positives to say for, uh, for the King of Limbo, but I think in the circumstances, it's a better Mary than the Dare Counselor. Yeah. Who's, gonna be preachy and annoying he's gonna be bad in bed he's not gonna earn any money i don't see an upside with this dude i mean maybe <laughs> maybe he's fucking rad and it's all worth it that's literally possible yeah but the circumstances have presented to me make that feel like a bit of a reach mm -hmm, mm -hmm. uh and so uh rather than having just some deadbeat laying around all day um i'm gonna go for a guy who runs a dimension for a living Look, I don't know that I've ever said this out loud, but I think I've always believed it somewhere inside me. You always marry the sorcerer. You got to marry yeah, a sorcerer. Yeah, you marry the sorcerer. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Like, mm, like when you get I... the chance, you marry a sorcerer. Sure, sure. You counterpoint? I can. I could see how one would think that. <laughs> but take it from me, long drag from a cigarette. Yeah, you don't want to do that, buddy. It's you not may be asking yourself how I got here. <laughs> <laughs> that's me <laughs> the puddle on the floor with no skeleton <laughs> the frog now here's an interesting point i think now if you marry the skeleton he's got to do all now he's got to do, got to do everything for you because you're you're a puddle of skin <laughs> you get... does mar could marrying mean you get your skeleton back and it's just like normal Oh, like yeah. you marry him, like put yeah, them together. I, I, well, I feel like you might <laughs> like get some time in <laughs> yeah. the Jake suit, so to speak. Like you get to, yeah. You, but I feel like I feel like you know you still have personal lives. The skeleton's got a job. You, you... <laughs> the skeleton's got a job. <laughs> the skeleton's got a job. You get he gets married to you like a fucking ketchup bottle, so you get poured into it. <laughs> oh God. I want to marry yeah. the skeleton. I want to marry the skeleton, uh, whether or not that means it gets back inside me or not. I think that'd be kind of fun. We're sort of like a like a novelty couple at that point. I right? think it's worth pointing out. You'll never know for sure if that's your skeleton. <laughs> <laughs> they have a hard time identifying bones. Damn. <laughs> this could be anybody's skeleton. Oh, man. You ever just you ever just look at your skeleton and think, is that really me? Is this my skeleton? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm going to marry the skeleton. I'm going to fuck the sorcerer. And I'm going to kill the dare counselor. I need some final okay. answers from you, Shane. All right. All right. All right. All right. All right. So listen, I I don't know, man. Being a puddle sounds pretty cool. <laughs> Being a puddle sounds pretty cool. And if you kill your skeleton, you don't have to take it back. That's true. And then you have every right. excuse to be lazy for the rest of your life. You're like, what am exactly. I going to do? I got no bones. So that the dare exactly. counselor is going to have to get a real job. <laughs> <laughs> the, the dare counselor could just keep me like on the wall behind his desk or something. Oh, you're like a you're like a rug, like a like a bare skin rug. 
Yeah. But it's like yeah, a like Shane skin rug. A people <laughs> rug. <laughs> oh, God. I mean, as as awesome as that sound, I probably also have to kill Jeffrey. Yeah. I kill Jeffrey. Yeah. Sorry, Jeffrey. We we kill we kill this dare counselor. It's just like he's just pathetic. I, You're on the just, wrong side of history, like, yeah, Jeffrey. He seems like a nice guy. <laughs> He's on the wrong side of history. He like he fed into the propaganda and he probably has all those fucking pamphlets that say like say like Mary Jane and me. And it's like mm-hmm. got a picture of a sad kid on the front holding a joint. You know, you know what I mean? Like it's a it's very he'd have a lock. He'd have a locket around his neck with a picture of you and a picture of Ronald Reagan on it. <laughs> <laughs> and then he'd close it and he'd be, he'd be like, look, it's like they're kissing, kissing my hero. <laughs> <laughs> That's He's just staring at it as you walk in and slowly turns his chair to like face you. And it's like, <laughs> please have a seat. Uh, yeah. We'll, we'll, yeah. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye, Jeffrey. Okay. So I kill Jeffrey. I'm, I marry the skeleton. I marry my skeleton. <laughs> um, I'm telling you me and my skeleton is the, is NBC's newest hit. Yeah. And we, yeah, exactly. We have our own TV show. It's great. Um, and then I, I sexualize Belasco. Sure. Yeah. Sexualize. I sex. I sex him. I sex the. I sex the. The sorcerer. Sor- 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 sexy sorcerer. I. Th- I mean. I think all of those can be true, right? I mean, like at the same time, like you, you, you fuck the sorcerer, and then as you're leaving, he's like, "What a one night stand? Fuck you!" And then he magics the skeleton out, and and then you marry your skeleton. I think this is all part of one sort of grand story. Is what I'm getting. Oh, at. sure. That Boy, that true. would really that piss true. him off, too. And he's like, you're going to dump me here. How about this? No skeleton. You're like, joke's on you. I'm marrying the skeleton. <laughs> he's like, damn it. <laughs> <laughs> Y'all, thank you for listening. This has once again been another incredible one take, no edits. <laughs> <laughs> Issue number 53 of the Infinite Backlog. We always get it right every time. And, Sloppy uh, pile of nonsense. And... <laughs> That's what I'm going to do without that skeleton. <laughs> Bye. 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 Bye.